When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yeah, man, I'm ready. How about you? Oh, hell yeah. Did the intro sound weird to you? It sounded like there were some hiccups in it. Maybe even you're sounding weird, to be honest, because you'll talk, and then there's a slight delay, and then it's like it tries to speed up to real time. Because he starts talking really super fast, and then all of a sudden you're caught up, and it's just talking regular again. I don't know what that is. It's like somebody's... Pinching the hose, just letting it go. I've noticed it on some other podcasts where you can tell that they're laggy a little bit, and then all of a sudden they're just like, and then it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? What just happened? It all spits out at once. Yeah, I wonder what's going on. I wonder if it's my internet. I don't know. This isn't the first time I noticed it. But since you record separately, and then I record separately... I don't think it's affected. Yeah, probably not. It reminds me of a Mitch Hedberg joke. When he was on stage, he was saying, wouldn't it be cool if we could just, I could just pinch the cord of the mic and then tell all the jokes and then just let all the jokes out so you all laugh together. That would be kind of cool. Something like that. That's not the way the joke really went, but. That's all right. You're not Mitch Hedberg. Nope. Did you ever watch his stand-up? I think there was only like two. I'm trying to think who he is. Um, he did an ant farm joke, too. He said, I got an ant farm. Those fellas didn't grow shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know who my wife and I recently got real into? Is, uh, Nick Bergazzi. Nick Bergazzi? Something like that? He's a pretty clean comic. Like, actually, I would consider him a very clean comic. But he's very, very funny. He even has a podcast. Does he really? Yeah. I th- is that the guy I watched? He's like a... He's got like kind of weird eyes. Maybe. I was watching Tom Segura too, and he's he's a little rough. Tom Segura is fucking hilarious, dude. He he is hilarious, but boy, he does not give a shit. Yeah, you can't watch it around the kids, that's for sure. But he, he could be... Like, he's one of the few comics where like my wife will watch him with me and like not be like... I can't believe he just made a joke about girls or, you know, like right. she finds him funny too. Not like gross and vulgar a little bit here and there, but not nothing too crazy. Nate Bergazzi. Yeah. What'd I say? I thought you said Nick. Uh, I might've. <laughs> Cause I looked up Nick Bergazzi and Nate Bergazzi came up and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy I watched, watched. I think he has two specials on Netflix. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he does. He's got, like the Tennessee kid and I don't remember. He's a he's a dad. Don't like it seems like graduated dad jokes. 
almost. Yeah. Yeah, he's fun. I like him. And he brought his kids out on stage. His podcast is really good, too. I don't know. I mean, I feel weird, like, promoting another podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, his podcast is pretty good. It's long, dude. All his episodes are very long. Oh, one of those. Yeah, but they just kind of shoot the shit. I like him. I watched the uh, the two Joe Rogans on Netflix also. They are freaking good. Yeah, he's pretty good. I never really watched his stand-up before. I didn't really... I didn't know he did it. Yeah, I would... I don't know. I think he he's very good, but I think he's a little overrated. Like, I just got fucking sued. <laughs> <laughs> I think because he's his podcast is so popular, everyone is like, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's very funny, but I think there's other people out there much funnier than him. Like Tom Segura. Right. I think it's all personal preference, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's... What you're in the mood for at the time. Like, I don't like any, any female comics. Take it easy, folks. It's not because I'm sexist, misogynistic, none of that. I don't, I just can't get down with it. Like, they're jokes. Like, it does, they don't hit me right or something. I know exactly what you mean. It's the same with, uh, for me, it's the same with female singers. There's only just a few that I thoroughly enjoy. Nightwish is one. Who was I just getting into? Brothers of Metal. Damn, dude. She, I, the band is called Brothers of Metal, but they're, the one that sings the most, I don't know what her name is, but they're a Swedish band, and it's all about Norse mythology, and she's an opera singer, so, oh, shut damn. Up. You know who I think is a, I know, look at us, we talked earlier about getting sidetracked, and here we are, we haven't even started, just bullshitting. <laughs> you know who I think is a phenomenal Phenomenal singer. Oh. Pink. Yeah. Dude, her voice is incredible. Right. And she's bringing her daughter up just the same way. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of the different female stand-up comedians. Um, You got Eliza Schlesinger or whatever, however you say it. Right. Uh, Nikki Glaser. Nikki Glaser is kind of funny. Yeah. I I mean, they're all funny they just don't hit me right you know what i mean like nikki glazers kind of hits me right right i don't know i don't know what it is man i like feel bad i feel like i'm not giving them a fair shake but i can't it it, maybe it's just something to do with the male delivery that hits my male brain just right could be could be they're all all the ones that we named were successful as hell but don't work for us for for whatever reason fucking trains going by now i got this low this background like rumble in my audio i don't even know if it would be audible but i don't I hear it see it but speaking of train we've run this topic right off the tracks oh yeah dude we definitely derailed it well one real quick <laughs> i know before we get into it you know where the term fired came from no I forget what the guy's name was. So I've I heard it's from two different people. One of them was Henry Ford. They would send these guys out on like a, you know, I don't know, go to a meeting, go do this or whatever. And when they would come back, their fucking desk would be outside in flames. And what? you got fired. That's how that term came to be. What? That seems like such a crazy, that seems so out there that it sounds like it's a myth. It seems wasteful 
It really does. Now you got to buy a desk for the new guy. What? Yeah. I looked it up because I was like, where did that term come from? Henry Ford. Henry Ford and another guy. Ah, oh, shoot. I wish I could remember what his name was. Wasn't it about the time of the, of the Depression? Henry Ford, I mean, he invented the assembly line, right? That was his claim to fame. Yeah. Okay, so this is what it is. Uh, John Henry Patterson, CEO and founder of the National Cash Register, NCR, when Patterson wanted to dismiss one of his managers, he would have the employee's desk put on the lawn in front of the company headquarters and doused with gasoline. When a manager's car was seen entering the driveway, the desk would be set on fire. The manager would know that he needed to stop or he need not to stop or go into the building. He had been fired. <laughs> That's so wacky. Yeah. <laughs> but I also heard Henry Ford did the same thing. So it, it could be a little mythy. But there's got to be truth to it somewhere. Yeah. I just thought I'd hit you with that little funny <laughs> little funny uh, thing there. <laughs> well, normally this would be your week to pick a topic, but we wanted to keep rolling with hermeticism, and then next week you can you can have it because I need to give my brain a break, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. You know, I did listen to that book. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, I feel like I need to listen to it a couple more times because I could uh, – some of it – well, I was at work, so some of it I just missed. Yeah. But other parts of it I was like, what? But because I was on I was on the web browser, but on my phone, I couldn't skip backwards. I could only go to the beginning of that section uh, or that okay. part. So it was like, I think it was broken up into like six parts. Yep. And then I, would, I could only go back like that. So I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm not going back to listen to what he just said to try to wrap my brain around it. Right. I mean, each part is only 40 minutes, but still, if you're like 25 minutes into it, you don't want to start over. Right. But digging into stuff a little bit more, I was trying to figure out certain things, like um, when we were talking about the neutralizing, the neutralization of the pendulum. I was trying to dig into that a little bit, like, is it that simple? Just to move on to another plane, just be dull on this plane? <laughs> mm-hmm. Essentially, no joy, no sadness, just humdrum. Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Fireworks. Mm. That's kind of how I am about fireworks anyway. Uh. <laughs> there they go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loud boom, colors disappeared. Wow! Are we done yet? <laughs> it's getting late. I got I got to get up at three thirty <laughs> the next day for work. Uh, can we wrap this shit up? <laughs> right. But I found a a website. I don't remember what the website was, but they kind of poo pooed all over the Kabbalion. Okay. Naturally, and they said it's not real hermeticism. In the real, real term of it, they just kind of broke it up into new age thought. But one website really poo-pooed all over, but somebody else was kind of, it, like, it's it's a good springboard. If you're going to get really into hermet- hermeticism, you can get a taste of it through the Kabbalion, 
this book and then move on to greater and greater books about it. Okay, that makes sense. Kind of like uh, fucking Hermeticism for Dummies. Yeah, kind of. And then you kind of really dive in. Yeah, if you want to. So that just tells me that there is so, so much more beyond what this book gives you. Oh, I believe it, man. Because, I mean, the way it seemed... Did the book say something about how, like, I swear the number four came up. Four percent or or was there only, like, four teachers of it or some shit like that? Does that sound familiar? Just the four. I don't know about just the four. Well, I might be wrong about that, but, I mean, I I get how it can be very complicated is basically what I'm trying to say. Like, very in-depth and there's a lot more to it than what we're getting into. Right. And the book kept saying that there's only so many teachers of it. And if you want to be a student of it, then you, you'll find a teacher, but there's not too many of them. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. I've listened to so many fucking books here recently, dude. <laughs> I don't know what is from what. Like I, I listened to that book. I listened to some fucking alien book. I just listened to 2021 A Space Odyssey. Now I'm reading 2010 Odyssey 2. Like I'm just boom, 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 boom. like I got all kinds of shit going on in my head. Yes, <laughs> the headspace where all the thoughts are. Yeah, the all is in all, and all is in the all, right? Yes. <laughs> and and according so this is essentially us talking about the Kabbalion. We're not going to dig into the Hermetica or whatever the greater books are. We're just going to talk about the Kabbalion and what we learned from this. And those websites are saying that it's kind of like, um, you may as well consider it sort of a self-help book. Is her- the Hermetica, is that like the Bible for them or? It's a bigger one. It's a bigger explanation of all things Hermeticism. But is it like the book for them or? I don't think so. According to the Kabbalion, they don't really create a creed they don't really create a bible of it they they're just giving you the the tools to learn yourself according to this anyway yeah i guess that makes sorry there's a big ass fucking spider on my wall over there it's distracting me yeah. need a, a bug assault rifle i don't know if it would even shoot that far dude is that far away yeah it's over like above the sofa oh way over there yeah man all right Theology is finite human minds attempting to explain the infinite. Damn kids, playing around with the infinite. This is well above you, kid. <laughs> so we were talking about the neutralization, and the the point of that, it's not to just do away with emotion. Of course, be emotional for for joy or for sorrow. It's to... Maintain a balance of that and ultimately become – the idea is to stay even-minded whether you experience joy or sorrow, whether you receive compliments or criticism, whether you feel pleasure or pain, whether you are sick or healthy, whether you win or lose, etc. Divine detachment is a point of neutrality that is not caught up in the pendulum swing between the polarities. Instead of seeing a situation as good or bad, allow your consciousness to – have a detached and higher view from a consciousness perspective. This is how duality becomes transcended. And the positive is 
obviously it's it's better but the positive outweighs the negative i believe that's what i learned further down in the text so you can swing into the positive and and to instead of swinging the same distance back into the negative let your subconscious come off of that pendulum and step away from that and then you can be neutral and let the negative be somewhere else or just let it happen without you that's got to be way harder done than said. Oh, yeah, for sure. Man. Especially with road rage. Oh, you're telling me. <laughs> I'll fucking, I'll run you off the road, dude. <laughs> I'll fucking hit you with that pit maneuver. Take you out. <laughs> I was just, just seeing a meme. It's a, a comic strip, but it shows two cars. So you see most of the back of one and most of the front of the other. And then the one behind the first one turns their high beams on. So then the first one raises its trunk, and then that's just one one panel of the comic. And then the last panel is like stadium lights shining from the trunk <laughs> into the face of the one behind. This guy that I used to hang out with when I was not an adult. Well, I was like a late teen, early adult. We were in this Volkswagen club, like a German car club, but he had a little GTI and he took the the nozzle that sprays his back window and he mm-hmm. he flipped it and like stuck the hose out so when he hit that, he could spray the car behind him <laughs> with shit. <laughs> so like, I guess if they were just like riding his ass, he could hit him with that. Damn. Pretty funny. Yeah. That's some James Bond shit. Yeah, man. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, what the hell? I mean, it's a little it's a little bit dangerous, but still, yeah. if it was raining, you're just going to hit your wipers anyway. That's true. And all he's doing is spraying you with some Windex. Right. Not Windex. Whatever the fuck it is. Vegetable oil. Ooh. Could do that. That'll get him. You could just <laughs> fucking put motor oil in it, dude. <laughs> That's mean. All right. So my plan is to dig a little bit into each of the remaining principles because we did the first principle, which was the all, or um, the all is mind. The mind is all. Yeah. My plan is to go through the rest of them for this episode, and hopefully we get there. I guess we'll see. But principle number two, the principle of correspondence. This principle is a universal law used in hermeticism to understand all the unknown and inaccessible to know the hidden laws of the universe. According to this principle, the macrocosm is a reflection of the microcosm and vice versa. So, as above, so below, so below, as above. So your atoms, all the atoms that make up all your things, are just like, the universe is just like that. So you have the sun... And all the planets revolve around the sun, mm-hmm. and that's the smaller version. But the sun also is also revolving in the galaxy, and I don't know if we've come up with, I don't know if science has figured this out yet, but if that, all that's happening and we've got the same kind of systems that we can see if we look a little bit smaller, why couldn't those all the galaxies we see be circling something else that's even greater yeah and what about beyond that it just because 
my mind gets going, dude, and I, I'm fucking. <laughs> and then you can't talk. You're like, it's there's so many things happening in my head. Yeah, and this is a talking platform, and I can't even <laughs> fucking talk. <laughs> but that's all. All those things we know on the physical plane. Yeah. So that's the great physical plane that we can see, we can touch. You know, we have all of our senses and stuff. And these stupid flesh bodies. So I'm finding it a little hard. Why is that a principle of hermeticism? As above, so below? Yeah, are they just saying like, oh, well, it happened and it's going to happen bigger and it's going to happen smaller? Well, it, it happens on the physical and all those shapes and sizes. It also happens mentally, so with your your spirit or I guess that's the great spiritual plane beyond that. So all the different energies, if all that stuff has happened physically, it's also happening mentally and spiritually on all the different planes of existence. So um, there's a great physical plane, the great mental plane, and the great spiritual plane. These divisions are more or less artificial and arbitrary, for the truth is that all of the three divisions are about ascending degrees of the great scale of life the lowest point of which is undifferentiated, undifferentiated matter and the highest point, that of spirit. And moreover, the different planes shade into each other so that no hard and fast division may be made between the higher phenomena of the physical and the lower of the mental or between the higher of the mental and the lower of the physical. In short, the three great planes may be regarded as three great groups of degrees of life manifestation. I know, I know. <laughs> I see your face. <laughs> uh, but what what is a plane? Okay, we'll move into that. So what we keep t- hearing about these planes, the great physical plane and mental plane and spiritual plane, just what, what the hell is a plane? Yeah, what is a plane? Is a plane a place having dimensions or is it merely a condition or state? No, not a place, nor ordinary dimension of space, and yet more than a state or condition. It may be considered as a state or condition, and yet the state or condition is a degree of dimension and a scale subject to measurement. Somewhat paradoxical, but let us examine the matter. A dimension, you know, is a measure in a straight line relating to measure, etc. The ordinary dimensions of space are length, breadth, and height, or perhaps length, breadth, height, thickness, or circumference. But there is another dimension of created things or measure in a straight line, known to occultists and to scientists as well, although the latter have not as yet applied the term dimension to it. And this new dimension, which by the way is the much speculated about fourth dimension, is the standard used to determining the degree or planes. I, that probably did not answer the question. No, no. <laughs> the fourth dimension may be called the dimension of vibration, it is a fact well known to modern science, as well as to the hermeticists who have embodied the truth in their third hermetic principle, that everything is in motion, everything vibrates, nothing is at rest. From the highest manifestation to the lowest, everything and all things vibrate. So they're saying that that could be the fourth dimension, or they're saying that is the fourth dimension. Right, a different vibrating level. Okay. And I'm, the whole vibration thing messes me up because your speakers vibrate i mean when you're when you're cold you shiver and you're vibrating right yeah so 
what level of vibration is it? It's it's beyond my brain to figure that out. You just keep shaking until you shake so much. Well, I mean, my desk here is vibrating at a certain frequency to form this material. Yeah, I guess. My shirt, it's all vibrating in a certain frequency to form this material. Can we harness that? How do we... Is that then mental? Yo, I, I'm done. <laughs> I've thought about this before, and I've I've tried it with my finger, and I'm like really focusing, trying to change like my vibrational whatever, and like try to stick my finger through something. I've literally tried this. I'm not kidding you. I'm not fucking crazy. Shut up, mom. <laughs> but then I freak myself out because I'm like, what if I fucking figure out how to do it, and then I get scared, and then my finger's stuck in that thing forever. You know what I mean? Like, what if I do figure out how to stick my finger in through the desk? And then I'm like, I'm like, oh shit. And then I forget how to do it and I'm just trapped. Panic. And then your finger's stuck in the desk. Yeah. And, and you'll be suspect zero. You'll be patient zero. Like, dude, how'd you do that? I don't know. I thought about it. I would just have to cut my finger off and just be like, I don't know. How, a lawnmower. Because <laughs> you're too embarrassed to talk I, about it. I won't fucking tell him the government be fucking experimenting on me and shit i don't know man i was watching porn it went off <laughs> shit i don't know so we're not talking about your wiener oh oh <laughs> just went off next time use lubricant not like you're rough Oof, a lot of boy. friction <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sore dick you just can't beat it that <laughs> <laughs> hey you can't do that nope bad time it just hurts it's tender right it even hurts to pee oh then you got a bigger problem who son you've got a condition <laughs> i thought it was normal <laughs> it is for people with gonorrhea so this talks about the uh there's six different six different minor physical planes it says seven, but there's there's only a list of six. I don't know what that that means. The plane of matter A, B, and C. The plane of ethereal substance, and the plane of energy A, B. Oh, there must be a C. And then the great mental plane, the plane of mineral mind, elemental mind, A, B, and C. Plant mind, animal mind, and human mind. So everything has some sort of mentality, I guess. Yeah. And I then. The great spiritual plane. Are you going to say something about the mental plane? No, I, I just, I remember them talking about that in the book, but I was a little busy at the time and missed part of it. And that was one of those instances where I wish I could have went back, but right. because of my method for listening, I couldn't. Right. They, they dig into it and I'm not going to dig into each one of those things. Just listen to the book, the Kabbalion. Yeah. The great spiritual plane. How can we explain these higher states of being, life, and mind to minds as yet unable to grasp and understand the higher subdivisions of the plane of human mind? The task is impossible. We can speak only in the most general terms. How may light be described to a man born blind? How sugar to a man who has never tasted anything sweet? How harmony to one born deaf? All that we can say is that the seven minor planes of the great spiritual plane each minor plane having its seven subdivisions. Well, why seven is such a thing in this, but I guess it is. Well, it's occultism. Oh, yeah? 
So maybe seven, you know how the occult, they do things with numbers and all kinds of shit. So maybe seven does some weird way. Maybe they worship seven, not worship it, but maybe seven to them is very important because of numerology or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I wonder if they, at some point they were struggling. They're like, oh, dude, we got to have another one for the great mental mind. What do we got? What do we got? I can only come up with six. How about how about the plane of elemental mind part C? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just fill it with a bunch of shit. Just random words nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven minor planes of the great spiritual plane comprise beings possessed possessing life, mind, and form as far above that of man of today as the latter is above the earthworm, mineral, or even certain forms of energy or matter. The life of these beings so far transcends ours that we cannot even think of the details of the same. Their minds so far transcend ours that to them we scarcely seem to think. Beings that are clothed in pure energy, like um, angels, archangels, demigods. Essentially what that's saying is, kind of like the old uh, alien adage, that maybe aliens don't come here because we're just fucking animals to them like we're nothing we're like our intelligence is so low that they're not even bothered with it. they're like fuck them people we're the ant farm for them yeah like they look at us the same way we look at an ant like all right they're doing some kind of cool shit here i guess but what they're not gonna do anything cool for a fucking bazillion years so right hmm. or maybe the way we look at we look at primates because we're fascinated because these creatures have faces that aren't that dissimilar to us. They have, you know, all the appearance that they're really close to humans, but they're not quite humans. And we could teach them, kind of. But I wonder if a primate has some sort of similar questions about things. They, so they will stick up, they'll put a stick. They use tools. They put a stick down in a hole and get the ants and bugs out. And, you know, they bat away bees so they can get honey or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if they're just as curious about lesser life forms compared to them as we are about them. I wonder if they're curious about us the way we would be an advan a more advanced civilization. Like, you think they're looking at us like, these things kind of look like us, but how are they doing all this shit, man? And where's their fucking fur? Right. I wonder if they have the capability to do that. They're somewhere in their minds that they're looking at us like that. We stick them in a fucking zoo. We stick them in a box. Is yeah. Earth our box? It could be, man. Maybe third dimension is our box. Mm, but the third dimension stupid zoo. Yeah. Look at all the things they're doing in there. See, look, look. Look at the shit they created in there. Look at that. We just go down there and smash it if we wanted to. Yeah. They're like playing fucking Minecraft with us, dude. <laughs> That's all we are. We're just bugs. And primates to them. We're all just a bunch of Steves. Steve? <laughs> yeah, that's the, the dude in Minecraft, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about uh, the chimpanzee from, I guess he's a chimp of some sort, from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Steve! <laughs> you better be careful. You can't misidentify him. <laughs> I know. Somebody be mad. Maybe an chimp, ape. orangutan. Been a little bit since I saw the movie. All right. Principle number three, the principle of vibration. 
We were kind of talking about that. Nothing rests. Everything moves. Everything vibrates. Why? How? Frequency? Is that like at an atomic level or are they saying like my entire desk right here is vibrating or just the atoms that make up the material that make up the desk? I think it's just the atoms. They're a solid object is a slower vibration, right? So if you make something Mm -hmm. cold, it slows all that down. But still, well, it, it is physical. But if you get real, real close, then... It's a different kind of physical, right? Yeah. So is the gas, is it moving incredibly fast? Yes. Okay. That's what I gather. But according to the Kabbalion, matter doesn't matter. It's all just other forms of energy. When does, can you actually pinpoint when soft becomes hard? Is there just one spot where soft becomes hard? It's all relative. Exactly. It's all relative to where you're standing. Like, when does hot become cold? Right. Uh, Modern science has proven that all that we call matter and energy are but modes of vibratory motion. And some of the more advanced scientists are rapidly moving toward the positions of the occultists who hold that the phenomena of mind are likewise modes of vibration or motion. So thoughts have vibrations. And if you can vibrate your thoughts just right, you can invade somebody else's mind. Now, I kind of do believe that. Yeah. You know, because of the the experiments that they did just with the uh, the music and the water that freezes. You know how when they play classical music and it freezes with these beautiful crystals and stuff like that. And then they mm-hmm. play some terrible music and it freezes in these fucking ugly crystals, these disgusting shapes and stuff. I kind of get how they're saying like, well, I mean, thoughts, yeah, I can get behind thoughts even. Just like everything affects things i I don't the spoken word the you know stuff that you listen to it really affects you it's so mind-blowing when you think thoughts the thoughts are thinking isn't it crazy how you can like you said a thought can manipulate somebody then you plant that seed of doubt in somebody yeah it makes a lot of sense to me man i like i really try in my own life to try to be I try to be as positive as I can. I'm very, very bad at it. But, <laughs> you know, I I try to not be negative or... Like, I really believe that th- that kind of shit can affect someone else negatively. And I don't want to do that. Yeah, you don't want to be part of that. I try to be as nice as I possibly can to to en- anybody. A- anybody in the industry, workers, the retail. and Because, yeah. dude... People and their money and their food suck so bad. And the people that are just in it, my God. Yeah, I try to be really polite. Even if they fuck up a little bit, I'm like, it's all good, man. Don't worry. No big deal. I've had a couple instances where I was like, nah, just bring me a fucking box. This is ridiculous. Like, I've had a couple of those, but most of the time, I'm just like, no big deal. Don't worry, dude. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, I do. I give everybody benefit for the doubt. I, you know, something maybe something went wrong someplace. If you're dealing with food, there's a whole lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah, I try to be nice as pie to anyone because it, it stuff's hard. Did you ever work in a gas station? A gas station? Yeah. No. I worked at uh, Rudders there in York. 
Pennsylvania. And man, it's not it's not a glorious job at all. I worked in the coffee industry. Oh yeah, there you go. People and their food. Holy hell. Yeah, if you fuck up somebody's coffee, for one, they didn't have their fucking coffee yet. <laughs> They're just ready to kill. Right. Oh my god. You get some people who were and you're just like, man, that guy's an asshole. And then it ruined, like, maybe not your whole shift, but for a little while after that, you're like, man, fuck that asshole, man. And you're just thinking about it all day. You're fucking, right. oh, fuck him. Who the fuck? Wait till I see him tomorrow, that motherfucker. Right. Fuck this guy. Fuck that guy. Because that first guy tore you up. Yeah. You don't want to be there in the first place, really, because you had to get up at 3.30 in the fucking morning to be there. Yeah. To get that guy's coffee, and he's just lollygagging along. He, maybe he's late, but then he's just pouring it all on you, who's behind the counter. And then that just develops, that just snowballs into the next one. Yeah, he's like, uh, can I get two sugars in it? And you make it with two sugars, and he's like, oh, I'm so, could I get three? Like, I'll tell you, here, motherfucker, take a sugar packet, put it in yourself, bitch. You know, just put the whole damn packet in. How do you like that? And, Paper and, and the guy's like, what the fuck did I do? Like, right. nothing to fucking asshole in front of you, so fuck you, too. <laughs> exactly. So it's just a rolling, it's just the, the rolling mindset. Yeah. You can affect somebody's thoughts all with just one motion. Yeah, man. And it's wild. All right, so principle number four, the principle of polarity. Everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has its pair of opposites. Like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree. Extremes meet. All truths are about half-truths. All paradoxes may be reconciled. Now, I remember this from when I listened to the book, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get this. I don't, <laughs> everything, like, what is the opposite of my microphone? What is the opposite of that? I don't know. Something that, a, a bat? I don't get it. Everything has its opposite. Uh, I get it to a degree. Like I said, degree, right? Mm-hmm. I do get it. <laughs> I get it to to a certain extent, like happy, sad, angry, uh, n- nice, or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Well, those, those, you're looking at those as the emotions. But check all the senses, I would say. That's not in the book anywhere, but check all the senses. Like for the microphone itself... How are you coming at it? So if you're coming at something, checking the temperature, like a wall could be a different temperature, but it's also hard. Like, So how are you coming at this thing? You could touch somebody's forehead, and it's 10 different things. They they stink because they're sweating. They're sweating because they have a fever, and they're mad because they have a fever. Fuck, I get, I'm going through this again, or they're sad. So there's how many different ways you can come at the thing, so I guess it depends on... That perspective, that the relativity to how you're looking at it. Yeah. But so the, the the microphone, how are you coming at it? It's like the the thing on the front, it's soft, or it's hard compared to, uh, I don't know, feather down pillow. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about when it says something about polar. Everything has its polar opposite. How? I don't know. Soft and hard, they're opposite. I get that. But what is opposite of my fucking computer mouse? I don't know. That's that's just a thing. I, I, know, I don't know said, how to answer that. I, I know, but they literally say 
everything has its polar opposite. Right. And I, I don't understand how that's true. Well, I don't know if it's, I don't know how general or specific the polar opposite, the thought of the polar opposite would be. Are they talking about like uh, a positive and negative charge? Like everything has a positive and a negative charge? Is that what it mean by polar opposite? That's a good thought. Yeah, maybe. That makes more sense, actually. A different, uh, a polar opposite of uh, vibration, maybe. So the the more dense it is, a wall is going to be less vibratory than your pillow. Yeah, that's weird because they're both solid objects. You know what I mean? That's so weird to think about. I know. It's insane. I was just thinking about all the different objects that are even just around me in this room, the ceiling tile. You know, you can push on that, and, you know, if you push hard enough, you can put your thumb through it. (laughs) Yeah. But the wall, it's a little tougher. You can't put your thumb through that. A piece of glass is something else. It's not as hard as a wall. It's not as dense. So you can see through it because it's not as dense. I would say it's probably equally as dense. I don't know. It's probably, well, you can take... I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. I, I was going to say you could take glass and you could cut the wall, but that's the sharpness of it. I would say they're probably equally as dense, equally as hard, relatively, but the glass, for some reason, can shatter. Are those bonds easily broken? You know what I mean? The the charges, are they easily broken apart because of that? Or is it able to break because they are, you know what I mean? Yeah. I I hear the words, but I don't know how to answer the question yeah. or where they go from there. I don't know, man. The hermetic teachings are to the fact that the difference between things seemingly diametrically opposed to each other is merely a matter of degree. It teaches that the pairs of opposites may be reconciled and that thesis and antithesis are identical in nature, but different in degree. And that the universal reconciliation of opposites is affected by a a recognition of this principle of polarity. I put all this stuff in my notes for some reason. Lightness and darkness are poles of the same thing with many degrees between them. The musical scale is the same starting with C. You move upward until you reach another C and so on. The differences between the two ends of the board being the same with many degrees between the two extremes. And then it goes into emotions. And so it, it is on the mental plane, love and hate, are generally regarded as being things diametrically opposed to each other, entirely different, irreconcilable, but when we apply the principle of polarity, we find that there is no such thing as an absolute love or absolute hate as distinguished from each other. The two are merely terms applied to the poles of the same thing, like a positive and a negative. Yeah. We associate love with positive and hate with negative. Yeah, I, I definitely get that with emotions. I understand that. The same with courage and fear. But to go from one, I I guess this is more, your emotions are easier to switch the polarity. So you can transmute your thoughts to more love and less hate or more courage and less fear. Emotions, I think, are a lot easier than, well, obviously, than thinking about sticking your finger through your desk. <laughs> hey man, you making fun of me? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that the emotions, your your mental state, is way easier to manipulate and transmute as as it says than to 
transmute what we know as matter. You know, that's a very good way of looking at it. And I bet somebody needed to hear that. Seriously, I'm not making a joke here. It's way easier to change the way you react to something than it is to change that thing that made you feel that way. So if something makes you upset, it's a lot easier to change the way you feel about it than it is to change whatever happened to make you feel that way. And it just fucking hit me. That yeah, Damn. that's that's incredible, dude. <laughs> like if some like road rage, for example. If somebody cuts me off and I get angry, it's a lot easier for me to just be like all right, take a deep breath. No big deal. The no fucking asshole still cut me off. He still cut me off. Nothing happened. Right. Nothing serious happened. Right. So it's a lot easier for me to fucking keep my cool than it is for me to fucking run him off the road and I'm in prison. Right. You know? So you take your emotional pendulum and you jump off of it before it goes swinging into the negative. Yeah. Yeah. Mentally, this is this all happens in your head. Miley Cyrus was really riding that pendulum. Remember that? Oh, she came in like a wrecking ball. She was mad as hell. <laughs> she came in like a wrecking ball. I don't know, man. I think country girls have a bit of attitude. The guys are always just singing about drinking beer, and they're like, fuck, man, who's going to feed my dog when I die? I feel bad for any motherfucker who cheats on Carrie Underwood. Right. She's got a lot of songs about fucking people up. <laughs> One of them... I think she killed the dude. The other oh, one, she destroyed his truck. Yikes. Don't fuck with country girl, man. No. Get you. <laughs> they know how to shoot guns. <laughs> and so does her dad and her brother and all the cousins. Well, fuck you up. Yeah. The slothful man may change himself into an active, energetic individual simply by polarizing along the lines of the desired quality. How about that? Yeah, I like that. Like, uh, new year, new me. <laughs> yeah, but then you, you got to keep focus on the the new me part, the new me. Well, I mean, it's like you said, it's a lot easier to change yourself and your actions and your your emotional state than it is to change the atmosphere around you. Right, you can do it for you, and way easier than you can manipulate somebody else's thoughts. I mean, eventually, maybe you go down that path as some Sith. Jedi versus Sith shit you're talking about there manipulating somebody's thoughts, but I guess the Jedi do it too. What was his name? Oh, ben Kenobi. He did it when he picked up Luke Skywalker. He's like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> Manipulate oh, yeah. that fucking small mind. Change that law real quick. Just, nope. He was a fucking, uh, oh shit, what is it? Not mentalism. Mind raper. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was a hermeticist. Why the fuck are they saying mentalist? <laughs> That's a Chris Angel mind freak. That dude, he's a devil, dude. That's why his name is, ironically, Angel. <gasps> mm, see? Mm. He's trying to persuade your thoughts projected at him to be the angel. He's sucking up all your positive, and he just turns a negative into the, the devil. I guess. Ain't that a bitch. He's taking all your positive pendulum and swinging it into the negative in his pendulum. Something. I don't know. I don't want to know anything about Chris Angel's pendulum. <laughs> Break time, for sure, on that note. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now everything flows out and in everything has its tides all things rise and fall the pendulum swing manifests in everything the measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left. Rhythm compensates. And that's the principle of rhythm, principle number five. And we've been kind of peppering that throughout everything we've been talking about here. The swing of the pendulum. Yeah. Flow and inflow and swing forward and backward. Rhythm manifests between the two poles established by the principle of polarity. This does not mean, however, that the pendulum of rhythm swings to the extreme poles, for this rarely happens. In fact, it is difficult to establish the extreme polar opposites in the majority of cases, but the swing is ever toward first one pole and then the other. So crazy. Um, I'm trying to relate that to something, but I, I, I can't. I can't. All right. Well, here. There is always an action and a reaction, an advance and a retreat, a rising and a sinking, manifested in all of the airs and phenomena of the universes. Yeah. Universe, as we know it. Could be more. Probably more. Could be. Suns, worlds, men, animals, plants, minerals, forces, energy, mind, and matter, yes, even spirit, manifests this principle. The principle manifests in the creation and destruction of worlds, in the rise and fall of nations, in the life history of all things, and finally in the mental state of man. Okay, so it's a, a very general uh, topic. So, like, not me specifically, but man in general. The rise of man and then the fall of man. Like, it will happen. Right. It's going to happen. Okay. Most of this is all on the material plane. If Just to get an idea of, of it. But it also happens. There's no reason why it wouldn't happen on the mental and the spiritual plane. But I guess that's what the one part says. Even spirit manifests this principle. An upswing and a downswing. Just like the internet. Comes and goes. This one's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. The Hermeticists carry the principle much further and know that its manifestations and influence extend to the mental activities of man, and that it accounts for the bewildering succession of moods, feelings, or and other annoying and perplexing changes that we notice in ourselves. But the Hermeticists, by studying the operations of the principle, have learned to escape some of its activities by transmutation. I think we've been talking about that, where you let something slide by on the unconscious so you could prepare yourself for a fight but if you just let that slide away and go neutral and don't don't react to whatever whatever's happening yeah that's another one of those easier said than done things oh yeah you know because sometimes you just want to knock someone's fucking head off you know oh yeah sometimes you almost you almost have to you know what i mean like let someone touch my kid you know what i mean oh Oh, oh yeah. That's not going to slide, buddy. That one's not going to slide. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Fucking whistle up my wife, 
or grab her ass or something. That's not going to fucking slide either, dude. You know what I mean? Like somebody's going to be swallowing some teeth. Yeah, some things you just I I don't think I could do it. I don't know. Yeah, that would be that would be a hell of a pendulum swing in one way because then the return of that pendulum is my foot in your mouth. Yeah. Like I'm my fucking fist is pushing a pendulum you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm fucking coming at you, dude. You know? Calling on all the forces of the pendulum. Here we go. Swoosh. Just rage, dude. All you're seeing is fucking red. <laughs> You'd have to be a monk not to do it. Like, I don't know how you could do it. Well, the monk, well, that's a good point. The monk it has detached himself from all of it. So it, you mean, like, from a spouse and from having offspring and all that kind of stuff detached in that way. Yeah. So then he's, he's headed for whatever grand mental state that he might be looking for. I don't know if there's any female monks, the ancient one and Dr. Strange kind of, but I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a female monk. I don't know if that's a thing. I think we call them nuns. I think they're a little different, (laughs) (laughs) but if you have no, I think we talked about it in the previous one. Like the eunuchs, they get rid of their parts that would create desire in that sense. They castrate themselves. All right. Or th- or they are castrated. <laughs> so they get rid of that part. They don't they don't have that part. That's not a thing that they have to worry about. So you've got your wife, you've got the kids, you've got your bills, you got your car, you got all this crazy shit that you have to worry about. There's all these, all these ticks that can swing your pendulums all over the place. But the monks, they don't give a shit. What are they going to do? Get up and eat some crackers? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe they don't eat crackers. And they just hum for days on end. Hum. Mm. <laughs> they, they literally just say hum. Hum. <laughs> hum. And they get that big-ass tube. Was that a monk? I don't think. Maybe that wasn't a monk. I don't know why I associated the Ricola guy with some sort of higher... <laughs> Ricola, and then there was a horn. Yeah, I think they're different parts of the country, dude. You got Tibet, and you got what fucking Sweden. I don't know why I associated it. just my child mind. Then it was like, man, this guy's on a different plane. Look at him. <laughs> he's blowing on that big horn, and later he's gonna set himself on fire while he meditates. <laughs> oh, that's a different kind of transmutation. That Ricola, that might be Austria. Cause wasn't he wearing like some kind of one of those fucking later hosen? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Got Toblerone and Ricola, same country of origin. I don't know. <laughs> Switzerland. That's a place too, right? Doesn't Toblerone have the Swiss Alps on it? It's got a mountain on it, right? Oh yeah, and there's a bear on it. You know that? I didn't know that. There's a bear that hides in the in the mountains. Oh, I've literally never had one. I've only seen pictures of them. You, you've never even seen them in real life? <laughs> like a fucking leprechaun? <laughs> Man, we're just hitting all of Europe. <laughs> Gonna eat some haggis. What is haggis? Oh, it's uh... It's parts, right? Just ground up parts. Yeah, and it's in the intestines, I believe. Mm, it's like, yummy. I think it's very... Very livery, Yummy. like liver, kidneys. My guess would be the brains in there. What sheep? Yeah. Hmm. I'll try a lot of things, but I'm never ever gonna try that. 
Haggis? Ever. You're not going to try haggis? I would never try haggis. I would eat a Rocky Mountain oyster before I <laughs> eat haggis. Not fucking lying. I assume that tastes like a chicken nugget. It's like a meatball mixed with a chicken nugget. I don't I don't know. It's a different different kind of meat going on in there. <laughs> like bite into it, it's a fucking white shoe fucking. Oh, it's like a gusher. Oh god. <laughs> I think if I was in Scotland, I would try haggis. No fucking way. I've seen it. I've seen it not in person, but I've seen it in, on like TV shows and stuff. Oh my god. It looks it's like gray, dude. Has it been sitting around? Like is it it cooks gray? I think they boil it. I think that's how they cook it, dude. I don't know about boiled meat. Chicken's fine, but and hot dogs, but I don't know about any other boiled meat. Boiled hot dogs, dude. Look, I can eat about 57 fucking hot dogs. If you boil them, I'm two, and then I feel like I'm going to throw up. I don't know what it is. I just can't do a boiled hot dog. I like them steamed. Like at the ballpark. Oh, shit, dude. You steam them. You got the bun all fucking soggy. I love it. I don't know why. I'm a fucking weirdo. You should throw some hot dogs on your griddle, your Blackstone. I do it all the time. Oh, do you? Yeah. And then I'll steam my buns in the microwave. Ooh. Steam Wrap buns. them up in a wet paper towel. Put them in there for, I don't know, 20 seconds. And they get all kind of moist and warm. Why don't you toast them on the Blackstone? Well, because I like my buns to be moist. That was a sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to cut it. I like my buns to be moist. <laughs> I don't know. Something about, you know, when you go to the ballpark, your hot dog comes wrapped in foil, so then the bun is all kind of a little soggy, mm, a little yeah. and warm. I, I love it. It, I guess when I eat it, it makes me feel like I'm at a Phillies game or something. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit of a crispy dog, and you got that moist bun. I'll even steam the dogs. But boiling them, I can't do it. I don't know. It's like the water seeps into it or something. Hot dog flavored water. And some chocolate starfish. Oh boy. Had to go there. Look. Hey. <laughs> Limp Biscuit just sued us because they're irrelevant now. They're still putting out albums. Didn't you know that? What? Yeah. Dude at work was telling me about it. They're, they're working on yet another album. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah, I mean. What the fuck are you guys doing? You're like a thousand years old. Cut it out. They weren't great. They were okay. Like, I was into it a little bit. I did it all for the nookie. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, i break your fucking face tonight. But, like, I don't know. They're not fucking Metallica. No. They're no Eminem. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Oh, shit. Where were we? All right. Uh, I guess we'll just move on to principle six. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. The principle of causation. Every cause has its effect. Every effect has its cause. Everything happens according to law. Chance is but a name for law not recognized. There are many types of causation, but nothing escapes the law. So I think we talked about just a little bit of this in the previous episode where the throw of the dice. It looks like chance. It looks like it's totally random. But in reality, there was a cause to that. The more I think about this, the more I'm 100% on board with that. There's no such thing as chance. It makes total sense. Yes. Like the dice thing. I mean, the di- dice, that's like the biggest game of chance ever, right? Not Maybe not ever, but if you literally, if you know exactly where to place them in your hand, 
exactly how to hold them, throw them, and where they should land, you could probably roll the same fucking number every single time. Right. If you knew it, yeah, all that. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely on board with that one. I definitely believe so, it. Yeah, th- this is one you could wrap your head around pretty easily, is that there's, there's no such thing a chance that everything has a cause and effect. Every event happens because of a previous event. Yeah, I mean, it's like the... I don't want to say adage again. I fucking said adage like the old time travel adage. Step on a butterfly and you can change the fuck the you know the butterfly effect. Right. You can change the f- the future. Just w- one thing can affect me getting this computer was affected by us starting this podcast. Like I would have never bought this fucking computer if we didn't start this podcast. <laughs> I never would have spent the money on this thing. Yeah. It's a it's a very general way of looking at it. But yeah. Exactly. Like, you, if you dive back just a little bit, your mom and dad, if the, however they first met originally, if that thing did not happen, then you wouldn't be here. It's really crazy to think about. No thing ever causes or creates another thing. These are in quotes. Thing in quotes, creates in quotes. Cause and effect deals merely with events. An event is that which comes, arrives, or happens as a result or consequent of some preceding event. No event creates another event, but is merely a preceding link in the great orderly chain of events flowing from the creative energy of the all. So, um, just all that potential. Think think of the Big Bang. See? Right there, there was the Big Bang. Did you hear it? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but everything... If we sink along the lines of the Big Bang, every potentially potentiality to ever happen was in the Big Bang. Boom. And then it just started spreading out, and whatever is happening is happening. Rocks crashing into that rock, and lava, and everything that we know that, that science has told us all led up to here and now. It was all living in the Big Bang, or in the the mind of the all. Isn't that crazy? Everything everything was right there. I think about that with plants, like a teeny tiny pumpkin seed the size of your pinky nail can grow into this massive thing. It has that much potential. A little fucking apple seed, dude. Grows into a fucking a- apple tree. An acorn. You know what I mean? Like, Right. It's all in that little fucking thing. And just those little little events that are feeding that thing. This event does this thing, and that event does that thing. All these little things start sprouting and growing into this mega potential. It's crazy. <sighs> so are we just on a plant, dude? You know what I mean? It was a big bang. Was that thing just a seed, and then it started to sprout, and now here we are. We're on this fucking plant. And we couldn't have been here without a bee going in and ejaculating into the pollen. Okay. Okay. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I wish those bees would stop jerking off of my flowers, man. <laughs> Get in the stem and the pistol. Damn it. I'd rather have no flowers than fucking bees jerking off out there. Well, fucking bees. Bees fucking? Well, uh, look. We might be at a point where we're going to run out of flowers because these fucking bees are dying off, apparently. That's what I heard. I heard the bees are in danger. 
we're messing up all the bugs, dude. We are the plague on the earth. Yeah, I, I'm, t- I really, really, kind of wonder that. Like, we're fucking parasites, man. Just here, we're just fucking sucking the resources out of the planet, and then when the planet dies, we just shoot off to another one. We're already working on it. We're gonna go put people on Mars and see what happens there. Maybe we already did that. That's why Mars is all fucked up. Because we came here because we fucked up Mars. Yeah, I heard that's, well, not a possibility. But I heard people do believe that we were there first. We're going to go there and find a bunch of skeletons. That would be nuts. Then things are going to get real fucked up. Shit, we were already here. Now what? Fuck. Yeah, now we fucked up two of the planets. (laughs) Now we're going to have to go to one of the fucking moons out there. Ganymede. I don't know. Would Ganymede work? I don't know. We'll have to go hollow out an asteroid and live in that. Europa. My Europa? Yeah, Europa. <laughs> it's just a big ocean. That doesn't sound so bad. With ice on top, though. Oh, I was going to say it's like a perma beach. Nope. There's no beach. <laughs> it's fucking water it's world. we to take sand with us. Just <laughs> take a bunch of sand. Have <laughs> <laughs> go swimming. <laughs> we could take some rafts and then just like put some sand on it. Just there we go. Yeah, that's a beach. Take a landfill barge. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. We got a plan for the human race. Let's do it. See, our thoughts are the event that is leading up to that ultimate effect. Let me tell you what. That better not fucking happen. <laughs> we better not have set that in motion because that's going to be hell. There that's is gonna, no great. That's, there is no small. <laughs> In the mind that causeth all. Ooh. I like that. I dig that. I'm going to get that tattooed on my butt. <laughs> all right. Here is the final principle. Yes. Principle number seven. The principle of gender. Gender Ooh. is in everything. Everything has its masculine and feminine principles. Gender manifests on all planes. But we have corrupted that word just like any other word in the English lexicon. I didn't realize we've... So what does gender mean then? The word gender is derived from the Latin root meaning to beget, to procreate, to generate, to create, to produce. A moment's consideration will show you that the word has a much broader and more general meaning than the term sex. The latter referring to the physical distinctions between male and female living things. Sex is merely a manifestation of gender on a certain plane of the great physical plane, the plane of organic life. Okay. We wish to impress this distinction upon your minds for the reason that certain writers who have acquired a smattering of the hermetic philosophy have sought to identify this seventh hermetic principle with wild and fanciful and often reprehensible theories and teachings regarding sex. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I so, don't. I'm not really sure what to say. I'm just. I'm, yeah, because it's so it's almost taboo at this in today's society that even speaking anything that is specifically masculine or male or specifically feminine or female that you're going to offend somebody. Take that emotion, and neutralize that emotion. Don't be offended. There's why. Why would you get offended? Yeah. Of course, they'll say, well, you guys could say that because you got white male privilege. White heterosexuals, shut the hell up. 
Yeah, I mean, there's things that get me that I'm like, oh, I don't like that. But I'm just like, oh, well, doesn't really affect me that much. Yeah, I'm going to personally boycott that thing. I'm going to personally not use that thing anymore. I don't have an example right off the top of my head because I just come up with that. But I know I've done that. Be like, well, fuck that thing or fuck that guy. I'm just going to avoid that entirely. Yeah. Well, like people did that with Chick-fil-A. Right. Fine. Do it. I mean, you, I don't care. You feel like you, that's how you wanted to, I don't want to call it react. Well, express your Yeah. disinterest, your disgust with the company or whatever. Right. So you're not going to support them. Good. Yeah. Just do your thing, man. Right. So let them, they don't have your business. There's some, there's plenty of people that are anti Walmart. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, students of psychology who have followed the modern trend of thought along the lines of mental phenomena are struck by the persistence of the dual mind idea, which has manifested itself so strongly during the past 10 or 15 years. I think this book was written in 1912. I'm not exaggerating. I think that's what the copyright is. Jeez. And which has given rise to a number of plausible theories regarding the nature and constitution of these two minds. The late Thomas Th- Thompson, J. Hudson, attained great popularity in 1893 by advancing his well-known theory of the objective and subjective minds, which he held existed in every individual. Other writers have attracted almost equal attention by the theories regarding the conscious and subconscious minds, the voluntary and involuntary minds, the active and passive minds, etc., etc. The theories of various writers differ from each other, the underlying principle of the duality of mind. So they're... In everybody, in every living living being, and I'm sure in the the great mental mind or plane, the great mental plane of all living things, there are masculine tendencies and there's feminine tendencies. And I'm not saying that tomorrow you're suddenly going to wake up and we associate skirts with females. You're not going to suddenly want to wear a skirt to work. Or sit down when I pee. <laughs> no. Nope. That's a feminine tendency. Yeah, it's a fe- feminine tendency, but it's physically difficult for a male to do that. And with some seats. You know what I mean? Yes. Like sometimes you got to sit a little further back. Yeah, you definitely don't want to touch your junk to some foreign seat. Oh, no. No, 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 no. And I guess that's why there's, you know, there's toilet seat covers and the women have to, they stand up on the seat and squat. That's what they do, right? Pretty sure. I I don't go into women's bathrooms. Yeah, it's like a gargoyle. (laughs) (laughs) Squatty potty. (laughs) Hard to believe a gargoyle is a good thing. I might get into that. I, well, I've been thinking about that for a while. What and why the gargoyles on buildings. And I think they don't mean anything anymore because there's a Darth Vader gargoyle in D.C. I think is where it is. Well, that's the home of the sinners. <laughs> you know? And the Sith Lord. <laughs> the dark side. I was trying to say I was choking. Well, it's good. You, then when you're choking, you got to breathe a little bit and then you get the whole full effect that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. Uh, let's see. The 
tendency of the feminine principle is always in the direction of receiving impressions, while the tendency of the masculine principle is always in the direction of giving out or expressing. And then you could hear a bunch of ladies going, yeah, that's right. That's right. I hear that shit all the time. You're always telling me shit. Mansplain it. Shut the hell up. Uh, yeah. So we are... That's our tendency, is to express... One is act, one is react. Receive and uh, expel? Well, yeah, but I'm... I was trying to say it a different way. Like, is one act and react? Like, would we... Like, my wife would... She would take it in, she would listen, and then I would what? I would fucking... The same thing, I would fucking lose my mind? Is that what it's saying? Yeah, maybe. Giving out or expressing, and then she she's a receiver. You, you are the giver outer, and she's a receiver. The male and female end of the plug, right? No. Well, uh, you might <laughs> that's, you might that's, have to be careful saying that too. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what you can fucking say. <laughs> hey, did your gas fucking go up like a motherfucker? Yeah, my shit went up ten cents overnight, dude. Yep, we're in it. You know why they did it? Because now we can afford it because they're giving everybody money. Every month. Yeah. We're getting paid rent. That's exactly how inflation works. Yeah. And then raise everybody's fucking pay minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. So my fucking Big Mac or my just double cheeseburger. Now my double cheeseburger is going to cost me seven bucks instead of two. This whole thing is a vicious, vicious fucking cycle, and the people that are sitting in the big chairs making the decisions do not actually go into the workforce to see their shit. So McDonald's is switching to customer customer kiosks. They're, the customers have to do all the work, and all you're doing is dealing with somebody who is making the food. So then the franchises of these restaurants... My daughter works at a McDonald's. That means if the more kiosks you have in the lobby or if you order on mobile, the less people they actually have to work in the restaurant. So it's a bare-bones crew in there that's working, doing the actual work because they have to pay them so much, so much more because the government told them they had to. Yeah, you can just fucking replace the machine. You don't have to train the machine. Just replace it. Exactly. So there's fewer people that are actually going to be in there for you to interact with because the company would have to put out more money if they hired more people. The company wants to make money too. I mean, we're what? We're we're 10 years away from having McDonald's fucking vending machines like red boxes out in front of Walgreens. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. You go there, you put your fucking money in, out drops a pack of nuggets. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I probably just gave them that idea. They probably just heard that. Uh, that's a that's not trademarked, but I pr- pretend it is. So if you guys steal it, I'm gonna patent that event invention. Yeah, not trademarked. So you, you wouldn't have to interact with anybody. There wouldn't even be doors in the McDonald's. It would only be as big as the kitchen. You just go up to the vending machine. Sure, it's made fresh, but there's still somebody back there making it for you. Maybe not any. I mean, it's gonna get to a point where it's just a fucking a conveyor belt here. Here drops Patty drops on the bun. <laughs> the bun moves down. Shit squirts on it, then the other bun comes down, and then it drops into this fucking wrapping machine, and then it slides right on out, dude. It's just a, just an assembly line of McDonald's. Yep. Oh, shit. We gotta get through this. Uh, the masculine principle 
contents itself with the work of the will in its varied phases, and yet without the active aid of the will of the masculine principle, the feminine principle is apt to rest content with generating mental images which are the result of impressions received from the outside instead of producing original mental creations. So the masculine will... I guess I skipped a line. The feminine principle conducts the work of generating new thoughts, concepts, ideas, including the work of the imagination. And then the masculine would do the work of getting it out into the world. Everything's working together. It's the duality of the mind. If, if you believe, if you think of the duality of the mind, you have one part of your mind coming up with all the ideas, and then all those ideas can just set and fester in one part of your mind, but until you decide to put it out into the world and use that other part of the duality of the mind to put it out in the world, then you're only catering to the feminine side, which is the creator, the, the nurturer of the ideas. The masculine would spit it out into the world. That's what this is saying. Yeah, I mean, no? I just I don't understand why it's got to be masculine and feminine. Why do they put gender on it? Yeah, because they're creating. Because it's creating, like, uh, like how you said, gender is like a procreation thing. Right. So the you think of it as like you know Mother Nature. If we're if there's a, an all father or if God is the masculine to create things in the world, then Mother Nature is the one that nurtures it when it's here. So why the fuck is Krampus a dude and Santa Claus a dude? I don't know. They're givers. <laughs> They're given. Krampus will give you a claw to your gut. You got God as the man and Mother Nature is the woman. Yep. But you got Santa Claus and Krampus, both opposites, both dudes. What's up with that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what are they? What are they manifesting? What are they? They're not. Neither one of them are nurturing. They're giving. How do you know? They might be very good to their elf kids. Very nurturing. <laughs> very nurturing. So Krampus comes along to steal the essence of your manifested childrens to give to their children, to nurture their children, to be bigger and greater Krampuses for later. Krampus I? Krampi. I like Krampi. There's <laughs> just a whole horde of them. It's an army of Krampi. Maybe it's just a bunch of Krampus. You know what I mean? Like moose. <laughs> just the one? Krampuses. You got a Krampus or you got a bunch of Krampus? Oh, you got okay. a moose or you got a bunch of moose? All right. Octopi? Octopuses. Octopus. Octopuses sounds funny. <laughs> it all sounds funny. No matter how you take it, somebody's going to cry about it. And that's okay. I'll just swing into the neutral. That's it, man. Stay neutral. Uh, no. Not just stay neutral. I can end it right here. Oh, I guess don't stay neutral. <laughs> well, yeah, don't stay neutral. Swing into the positive for sure. That's part of the vi vibration. Swing into the positive. So essentially they don't want you to be a pendulum. They want you to swing one way and then just stop. <laughs> right. That's kind of like not how a pendulum works. Well, you have to step off the pendulum. Like, you're holding on to it. You're holding on to the pendulum. Oh. You swing into the positive and then you jump off. And then when it goes over there and then it starts coming back, then you jump on again and go, yeah, and then jump off like. Exactly. Exactly. That seems a little bipolary. Well, the polar opposites, polarity. It's all bipolar. Everything's bipolar.
Interesting. <laughs> Masculine, feminine. All right. If you have thoughts on this, podchaser.com slash bring on the weird. Apple Podcasts, search bring on the weird. Leave us five stars. Throw us some thoughts on hermeticism or just leave a bunch of question marks because we don't know what the fuck we're talking about either. That's fine. They know that. <laughs> Uh, if you want some cool merch, go to zazzle.com slash store slash bring on the weird, myconspiracytees.com slash bring on the weird, or tpublic.com and search bring on the weird. Oh, yeah. Anything else? Nothing else, man. Stay weird, world. And we'll see you guys next time.